Psalm 96. Today in this psalm, we are going to see, you know, what a truth that we know to be true. We're going to see it reiterated. The fact that the Lord is great. Can we say amen to that this morning? The Lord indeed is great and is greatly to be praised. And we'll talk about what that means to be greatly praised. We're going to see that we are called to praise Him greatly through song and obedience and giving and strength and and our witness. We're going to see that we have a call to greatly praise Him, to worship Him in our homes as families. And then we're also going to see the call to greatly praise Him and proclaim His name and His salvation to the nations around us. I think the you guys just blew a, a, a fuse back there, so a little technical difficulty. We'll work on that, though. We got a call to get the gospel out to the world around us, and it's all here in the psalm along with so much more. So listen, let's read it together. We got 13 verses here. Let's read this together, and as we look at this, I just encourage you to let God wash you with his word to take it in this morning and let it set the table for our Bible study. Then we'll take this a verse or two at a time and hopefully leave here this morning really built up and instructed and encouraged in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, just bless your word right now as we read it together. Follow along there in your notes. Notice here, Psalm 96, 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of a salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Verse 7. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and let all that's in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. Notice verse 13, for he is coming, amen, for he is coming, and for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth, and he shall judge the world with righteousness and all the peoples with his truth. Now notice how this starts, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. We talked about this recently in our study in Revelation, where we saw those 24 elders on 24 thrones, this group that's been redeemed out of every nation tribes people and tongue we see this picture of the church there in glory and it says they sang a new song to the lord as god was ushering the great tribulation there in glory that's soon to come here on earth and in like manner while we're here on earth now we are called to be a people that are singing new songs to the lord now listen we need to recognize and understand that God is always the same. God is perfectly holy, righteous, just, loving. We read in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, day, yesterday, today, and forever. We read in James 1, 16, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. 
every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning that's telling us that our god's consistent our god praise god is not moody god doesn't have bad days otherwise we would be in trouble because listen there's a lot of things going on here on earth that i can see could cause god if he was a moody god to have a bad day now again we know that he is just we know that he is a just judge we know that he is gracious and merciful and he extends grace and mercy to individuals he gives them opportunity to to repent and then the time comes when judgment comes upon every soul in christ jesus we have salvation and outside of him the word of god christ himself declared that we are under condemnation outside of the lord jesus christ but the bottom line is that god is always the same he is consistent and absolutely holy and righteous just and loving we also know that his word and the gospel of jesus christ is always the same it doesn't change from generation to generation though it seems like almost always the next generation thinks that they can change and twist and rethink god's word but that's just not the case first peter 1 24 it says all flesh is as grass and the glory of man as the flower of the grass the grass withers and the flower fades away even synthetic grass eventually
before God positionally, where he says you were justified. It's a phrase that, you know, it's probably the easiest way, the simplest way to break it down is just as if you had not sinned because Christ laid down his life. And again, all this is not in our name or in the name of some church somewhere or organization or group of men or we'd all be in trouble, but in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God changed you inwardly when you put your faith in the Lord. And then from there, we're called to get changes in our life practically. Are you practically growing in the Lord? Are you practically changing? Are you practically abounding in the Lord? Notice 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So listen, He never changes. But our our end, when we got saved, inwardly and positionally, we got changed. Again, we went from being under the law that damns us to under the grace of God that saves us. And then from there, listen, that initial change positionally and the call to follow God daily should be producing continual change in our life that from that produces continual new songs in our life, new praises to our God. As we learn more about who our God is, it should add to our personal hymn book, so to speak, of reasons to give glory to God, of reasons to give praise to our God, of reasons to be gratitude, have gratitude and have thanksgiving, because indeed our God is great and we are just scratching the surface of the understanding of how great and how awesome he is. Listen, it's a sad thing when we grow stagnant. It's a sad thing when we're just singing the same old song. And again, it's not that God's word changes, it doesn't. But our understanding of who our God is. And listen, the depth of God's word and the understanding of it should be something that we're continually growing in. And out of that, it should be producing more praise and a new song to the Lord. I think a great example of this is found in the life of the Apostle Paul. Now listen, this can sound like a song he's singing about himself. But really, it's songs he's singing about the grace of God. This is chronological order that he made these statements. In 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he said, I'm the least of the the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And then he says, but by the grace of God, I am that I am. And so you can see Paul's song here is, by the grace of God, I am that I am. By the grace of God, I'm the least of the apostles. Paul really, by the end of his life, I think you can make a strong argument practically, he's the greatest of the apostles. I think you can make that argument. But listen, that would be from man's perspective. From Paul's perspective, as he grew in the Lord, he didn't grow more haughty. He didn't grow more prideful. He didn't say, well, yeah, it's grace, but boy, it's a little bit of Paul. You know what? He grew in the understanding of the grace of God and it produced a new song in his life. Notice how his tune changed later in Ephesians 3.8. He says, to me, who am the least of all the saints, grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So as Paul grew in the understanding of the awesomeness of God, it didn't cause him to get more haughty about himself, but instead it produced a greater humility in him 
and a greater understanding of the grace of God to give praise to God. And he's moved from saying, by the grace of God, listen, I whom the least of the apostles am saved to by the grace of God, I'm the least of the saints and I am saved. And then later on, he would comment on this again. Further down the road, in fact, it's right at the end of his life. In 1 Timothy 1.15, he would say, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and notice, whom I am the chief. <laughs> First of all, I said, listen, by the grace of God, I'm saved, I'm the least of the apostles. Then later on, as he grew in the understanding of the great grace of God, and how awesome God is, and how holy God is, it caused him to look at himself, and he said, man, by the grace of God, I'm not just the least of the apostles saved, I'm the least of all the saints saved. And then as he continued to go in the awesomeness of the grace of God and the wonderful salvation gospel plan that he has for us, finally he said, by the grace of God, I'm saved. And by the way, I'm the chief of sinners. He kept singing a new song as he learned more about God. And those songs were more to the glory of God Almighty. I pray that we're a people singing new songs. I pray that we are a people that are hungry for God, that we're seeking Him. And listen, if you're singing the same old song, admit it to yourself today. Step back. Are you growing and abounding in God, or have you gotten stagnant? Because listen, when you keep singing the same old song, eventually that song starts moving into songs of, of, of lukewarmness and complaints and so forth. That's not God's will for us. It's God's will that we would grow in the grace and the understanding and the knowledge of our Lord and we would continually be abounding in Him. Listen, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, in fact, some of the greatest songs in my life have come out of the most difficult times as we see God sing us through the fires that come along and the floods that come along in this short life that we have to live here, here on earth. So again, oh, sing to the Lord a new song and then notice Sing to the Lord all the earth. This call, or you could say this command to worship God, it's to all. And beautifully, God welcomes all to himself. Acts 2.21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord is inviting any and all to himself for salvation, and any all to himself to absolutely be worshipers and followers of God. I love Second. Or Romans 2.10, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there's no partiality with God. Listen, whosoever will may come, and all are called to the Lord to come put their faith in Him, to be washed, to be forgiven, to be worshipers of God. But sadly, so few do. And that's not my opinion. That's what the Lord taught he said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and there's many that go in thereby. But narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there's few that go that way. But praise God, you know what? The day is coming when all absolutely will sing to the Lord, when all the earth will sing to the Lord, where all will bend knee and confess Jesus Christ as Lord, not just those in heaven, but those on earth and those under the earth Philippians 2.10. So listen, it's far better to recognize Christ as Lord today while the opportunity avails itself. 
to, than to reject Christ and to die in sin. Because listen, no matter what, you're going to bend knee and confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Doesn't matter. And there's a lot of people saying, I won't confess him as Lord. I'm Lord. I'm God. I, many, I think many of the people, the, the kings and rulers of the earth today, they're more resistant than ever. They're trying to put themselves in a place of being God themselves. But the day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I want to confess it today, though. I want to give praise God today. I want to grow on that today. And listen, as I see a rebellious world, it stirs me up to all the more say, but I'm going to praise God. And I want to be loyal to the Lord. And I pray, God, that I pray to God that he's infusing that in our hearts. That Listen, it's not by chance we're at this point in time, at this place. I believe that the writing is on the wall, that the Lord is coming soon. Let's be a people that are determined to walk with the Lord, to abound in the Lord. Come what may and no matter what's going on around us. Can we say amen to that? And then notice what we see again. A second charge. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Listen, as I've gone through the word over the years, I see the same call over and over again when it comes to our song. And it's to sing to the Lord. It's to give praise to God. In fact, in just about every place in the Bible where there's a call to sing, where there's a call to lift our voices, it's always to give praise to God. Now, you could argue in the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, there's some songs there from the husband to the wife and the wife to the husband, but that's supposed to be in a private setting. And listen, that's just a earthly picture of our covenant with God in glory. As those two come together and Paul says, it's a type of picture of our relationship with Christ as he is the groom and we are his bride. Sadly, though, listen, and you have freedom in Christ to sing whatever songs you want to sing. You do. We got freedom in the Lord. Amen. We're not here walking in legalism. You can sing whatever you want. But listen, you want to abound in joy. You want to be about the will of God. You want to minister to others, then sing songs to the Lord, because sadly, most songs that are sung are not to the Lord. And sadly, that's oftentimes even the case in church nowadays, where it seems most of the songs are just kind of about us and how God makes us feel. And you know what? All the things that, you know, we're trying to manipulate God to do on our behalf. I told you guys last year or last week a little about about. You know, the process of me coming to the Lord and God using music in that and putting me in a place of, you know, evangelize evangelism with music and so forth. And it was interesting because, listen, when the Lord pulled me out of my sin, by the grace of God, I only wanted to sing songs about the Lord. I wanted to sing songs about Christ and what he had done for me in his death and resurrection. And it was a time when, listen, Christian music was kind of exploding, especially you know what, if you want to call it Christian hip-hop and alternative and so forth. And I was doing concerts with all sorts of bands and so forth. And it saddened me because as time went on, there became a mantra of most of these bands. They would say, we're not a Christian band, we're just Christians in a band. And basically what that meant was, they weren't very good at what they did, so they only played Christian venues, ran by youth pastors, mainly interested in being cool, and numbers 
you know, the type of guys, get 100 kids here and I'll shave my head. And then you wonder why we, were, why we are where we are today. Because those are the people now that are running the church today. Listen, we're Christians and we're gathered together here, but we're not a Christian band. And I, kept, I would call them out. Then why are you on a Christian label? And why are you at churches? What are you here to do? To entertain people? We haven't called to entertain people. We've been called to give praise to God. We've been called to lift our voices to Him. Now listen, in the course of that, is there some entertaining things? Praise God. Every once in a while, I'll even got a joke for you up here, right? But I would hope even the jokes would bring glory to God. I would hope even the skill sets would be about bringing glory to God. I pray that our heart would say, yes, I want to sing and I want to make my songs about the Lord. And some would say, why? Why do we have to do that? Well, listen, listen. He's the one that died on the cross for us. We have salvation only through him. Because God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you recognize how huge that is? Or have you gotten away from that? We were perishing. We were damned to hell. And Christ has made that way of salvation. And listen, our time here is short. The Lord will be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we're spending glory with Him. Listen, that should stir our hearts to say, I want all my songs to be to Him and about Him. Because nothing else begins to even compare to Him. He says in this, proclaim the good news of a salvation from day to day. Again, the good news being... That salvation message that we already talked about once again this morning, the work of the cross. This is part of the Great Commission where the Lord told us to go and make disciples of all nations. So he says, sing praises to God and proclaim the good news of God everywhere day to day. This means we're, we're, we, we don't take days off. It means as a pastor, I can't take sermons off i got to preach the gospel over and over and over again. A while back, someone said, oh, that's Steve. He just preaches the same thing over and over and over and over. And listen, that was said to slam me, but I rejoice. I take that as a compliment because I'm called to preach the cross over and over and over and over again. Because every time the gospel is preached, listen, God is glorified. Even if no one responds, listen, even if everybody falls asleep, God is glorified when the gospel is preached. I'll tell you, though, something else happens. Amazingly, people are still getting saved. People are still getting born again. And how can they get saved unless they hear the gospel? I'll tell you something else that happens that's wonderful. Saints get equipped. And I rejoice over the years how many people have told me, yeah, someone came up to me. And you know what? Life came up and God came up. And the gospel just poured out of me. And I'm like, where did I learn that? And I recognize I've been hearing this every week for the last three years. And it's been ingrained in me, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> we're gathered here not to entertain sinners. We're gathered here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To go out and minister to the world around us. And I'll tell you another thing happens when his good news is proclaimed. The good news of his salvation day to day and sermon after sermon the church gets protected from false gospels. And false gospels, they're running amok. There, there is a false gospel, and I'll just say what it is, of communism and socialism that's taking over the church. 
where the message is no longer about we are all sinners, red, yellow, black, and white, that need to repent and put faith in Christ who died for all mankind, red, yellow, black, and white. But this move to social justice. Listen, there's no any word before justice in the Bible. It's just justice. And this move to try to make government a god and listen this stuff is sweeping through the church and it's foul and it's rank and it stinks and it's not the gospel of jesus christ you want to address the issues in the world start following christ so he can enable you to love your neighbor as yourself start forgiving one another get your mind renewed that we all come from one blood race is not a biblical word it's not found in the scripture There's one race, mankind, and everyone under that banner is sin, and Christ died for all, and he rose for all, and all who called on him will be saved, and all who reject them will not be saved. It's that simple. Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations, and his wonders among all peoples. Again, it goes along with verse 2. Proclaim his good news, the good news of his salvation from day to day, and then declare it among all the nations, his wonders among all peoples. Again, no partiality with them. Acts 17, 26, he's made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of all the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord and hope they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. What a glorious truth. And listen, if you have been conditioned to think that because of the color of your skin or your ethnicity or whatever it is, or you've bought into this lie of race, that that means God is concerned about you but not others, you have been bamboozled and you are listening to doctrines of demons. Christ shed his blood. For every individual, every descendant of Adam and Eve, which we all are, and has put them where they are with one main purpose, that they would grope for God Almighty. And hear this, there's nothing more important than preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us. This is essential. (laughs) There's nothing more essential than what we're doing today in praising God and getting equipped And having our hearts stirred to be a people of prayer. And to get this exhortation hopefully in a fresh manner that we are here to proclaim his good news from day to day to all peoples. And praise God, you know what? In glory in Revelation 5.9, we see the church and guess what it's represented by? All peoples. They sang a new song. Praise God. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal for you were slain and you've redeemed us to God by your blood. This is the church out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations and made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. Listen, let's make it our aim to absolutely be declaring his glory to the people of this nation. This is a nation that's become very unthankful and very ungrateful. And listen, this nation has become very much like a spoiled brat sitting in the corner, very selfish, very ungrateful, very unthankful. 
And listen, I don't know about you, but I want to rebel against that. And say, I'm going to give thanks to God. I'm going to give praise where it's due. I want to know and recognize my last breath is a gift from God. Thank you, Lord. The beat of my heart is a gift from God. Thank you, God. Listen, I know there's a lot of things going on in our country that's going in the wrong direction. But praise God, we're out here gathered and we don't need to fear someone coming in and arresting us. That might change tomorrow and it's on the cusp of that. But even if that changes tomorrow, I want to thank him and give him praise. Come what may. Verse four. And this is awesome. Do all this. Why? For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. This is so awesome. Again, he's great. He's the great God. He's the great king. He's the great potentate. Remember, we saw that last week. He's above all other gods because, listen, all other gods are only gods because something chose to worship it. (laughs) That's it. People are oh, there's other gods? You mean there's many gods? You know, they get this idea of the Marvel Universe or whatever and all these gods and they're battling out. No, there's one God. Satan isn't even a God. He's only a God because he said, I'm not going to worship God. I'm going to worship myself. And he made himself a false idol. Now, people that worship their job, it becomes their God, but it's only a God because they're foolish enough to worship it. The Bible talks about people who worship the God of their belly. You look at things like Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam and so forth and all the gods they're worshiping. They are nothing compared to the only God. They're only gods because people are so blinded and foolish to give praise to something versus the God who did what? Who made the heavens. All of those things, again, are only gods because people have chosen to worship them, but they are not God There's only one God, and our God spoke, and the heavens were made. All three of them. The blue sky you see, the the upper heaven above that, and the heavens where God sits. That's how great our God is. Get that in your mind this morning. Especially, listen, I know there's a spiritual warfare, and there's a battle, and I know Satan does have a limited amount of power and so forth, but he wants to puff himself up that we would fear him. And we got to remember, you're no God. There's only one God, and he made the heavens. And as a result, listen, he is greatly to be praised. The word great, it doesn't say he's great and he should be praised minimally. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he's great, so he should be praised from time to time. He's great, and it's to greatly be praised. Be praised. When was the last time you greatly praised God? Let me ask you that. When you poured out your heart to the Lord. Where you just said, I'm going to give glory. All this stuff's going on around me, but I'm just going to stop and give praise to my God. I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to recount his awesomeness as told to us in the scripture. I'm going to give praise to God. I believe this is a picture of that. It's also a picture, though, of diligence. The word greatly here, it means diligence. For the Lord is great and is to be praised diligently. That means not just in a gathering on Sunday morning, but day in and day out, not just song, but in our lifestyles, in our pursuits, in all that we do, saying, I'm going to give praise to God. I'm going to honor God in everything. God comes first because he's great. 
He made the heavens, and after man fell, fell, he came and he made the way of salvation. So he's great and greatly to be praised, and he's to be feared above all gods. To be feared of, he's to have reverence for. And listen, that's seen in obedience to God. It, it, it means I believe when God's word says, do this and you'll be blessed. I do that because I believe God will bless me. Do you believe in the blessings of God this morning? And it also means when God says, don't do this or you'll be taken to the woodshed. I pull back from that because I don't like going to the Lord's woodshed. Now, that's a process we're in in growing. But I pray we are abounding in the fear of God. Hear this this morning, though. Satan loves to be feared. You know that? There are many evil men and women in high places. They love to be feared. We've seen so much of it this past year, year and a half. Trying to stoke fear into people's hearts. Wanting to have reverence given to them. We need to be wise concerning these things. We need to be wise concerning spiritual warfare and the devil and so forth. And we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. But when you fear the devil, you are worshiping the devil, whether you know it or not. Fear God. Fear the Lord. Have faith in God. Verse 6. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Again, he's honorable. He's majestic. He's strong. He's beautiful. These are all found in the sanctuary. Do you want more of those things in your life? I know I need more of them in my life. I want to be more honorable. I want to walk as the king and priest God's called me to be. I want to be strengthened from him. I want to have a life marked by beautiness. Well, those things are found in a sanctuary. And as we draw near to him, as we abide in him, listen, He's going to stir those things up more in our own lives. You need strength today? Draw near to Him. You got some ugly situations that need beautified? Draw near to Him. Is there an area where there's just a lot of dishonorable things going on? Draw near to Him. Notice verse 7. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Notice three times we see the word give. It's really a call to give to the Lord who has given all to us. He's given us our person, the breath in our lungs, every stitch of our belongings, our salvation, every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. He's given himself for us. And so it says in return, give glory to him. It's so easy to seek our own glory. Isaiah 42, 8 says, though, God speaking, my glory I will not give to another. Let's give glory to him. Let's seek to honor God. Listen, if you're in the place where you're seeking glory for men, and I think we all have temptations to do that in certain circles and in certain places, die to that. Seek to give glory to God. You're not going to find satisfaction seeking glory for yourself because even if you get it, you know where it's going to leave you? It's going to leave you wanting more glory. (laughs) It's a bowl with no bottom of the, at the end of it. People pour glory in and it just goes out the bottom. You want a filled tank, give glory to God. He says give strength to God. And I believe this is a call to make our efforts and all our work 
as unto God. You realize we only got so much time. We only got so much strength allotted to us in our time here on earth. I love Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not to men. What are you using your strength for? Are you using it for the glory of God or for vain ambitions? And then he says, bring an offering and come into his courts. I'm going to share a truth this morning that might be offensive. And if it's offensive, then you probably need to be offended by it. Listen, don't fool yourself. Where there's no offerings, where there's no sacrifice, there's a real lack of real worship. Oh, Steve, how do you say that? Are you becoming a money preacher? No, I'm preaching God's word. Jesus Christ said in Luke 12, 33, sell what you have, give alms, provide for yourself money bags that do not grow old, a treasure in heaven that does not fail for where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. And then notice what Jesus said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Speaking of finances here, speaking of monies, every dime that we have has been given to us by the Lord. God has provided that. It belongs to Him. And He says, I'm giving you this to be a steward of it while you're here on earth. Where's your treasure? Where that treasure goes. Where, what you do with the first parts of that treasure reveals where your heart is. That's the teaching of Jesus Christ. I would encourage you this morning, if you're offended by that, if you don't like that, instead of being offended, repent and be blessed. Because the Lord says in doing this, there's blessings in heaven. You're storing treasure in heaven. And he also says to test us concerning this here on earth because there is a truth of God's word that you can never outgive God. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there, may, that there may be food in my house. And then look what he says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be enough room to receive it. He says, bring an offering and there's going to be treasure in heaven and I'm going to open the windows on, on earth and I'm going to provide for, for you blessings that you can't, you don't even have enough room to receive it. You're like, well, that's an Old Testament teaching. No, the word in the New Testament says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And I'm not talking about some word faith, wicked nonsense where it's a pyramid scheme where the pastor gets rich and everyone's convinced if I give, you know, this much money, I'll become a millionaire. This is talking about walking in the fullness of God. This is talking about knowing God has my heart and God's first. So the riches of the fruit of the Holy Spirit are being manifest in my life. And I think these are the type of verses that are gut checks. Because if we say we really believe the Bible, and yet we, don't, we want to shun these principles, we have to ask the question, do I really believe the Bible? Because everything we have is given to us by God. Can we say amen to that? Can we agree with that? I hope no one's so full to say, well, that's my stuff. I earned that. That's foolishness. It's all given by God. 
And there's a call to give back to God the work of God, the ministry of God. And he says there'll be treasure in heaven. And then he says on top of that, I'm going to provide for you on earth. I'll open up the windows of heaven. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And listen, I love the I love knowing in my life, no matter what happens in this economy, I'm in the economy of God. You're not going to find a better financial plan anywhere on the face of the earth. It's backed up in Scripture and it has been tested generation after generation. And it's as true today as it was when these things were put into place. And then he has a call again in this for the families. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. It's not a call just for the adults to come worship. Giving glory to God, are you ready for this? It's family friendly. In fact, it's a charge that God given to us. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. That's not just talking about having an angry child. That's talking about eternal wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. I know it can be a challenge to have family devotions. I know it can be challenged to find time to get in the word and prayer, pray. But let me tell you, you'll never regret that time. You never regret it. Listen, over the years in our family, we've had seasons where we've had those times and then we've had seasons where we've gotten away from those times. Recently, listen, I, I asked my girls that are still under my household in my house for forgiveness. Because God checked me and God showed me my girls are, are, are they play athletics and so forth. And I'm a believe it or not. I, I grew up playing athletics. And when I play athletics, I like to win playing athletics. And God says, run the race to win. So I guess I'll stand on that biblical principle. But my girls, listen, we would oftentimes make practice the priority. And we talk about the Lord in that. And you can ask him, there have been few games or practices that we have driven to where we weren't praying. But God checked me because I wasn't giving that same diligence to family devotions. And my kids were suffering as a result of that. And I had to tell him a few months ago, I have, I've sinned against you. Will you forgive me? And over the last few months, we've made it a priority. And I'll tell you, God's put a viciousness in me, so to speak, to say, we're going to get in the word. Not in a vicious way, though. An unction. We're going to be in the word. We're going to be in prayer. We're reading through the Psalms. And let me tell you, it is transforming our household. And I'm looking at these girls and they're struggling through things. And listen, you need to know your kids are going to be challenged with so many things. But it's all the more getting God's word in the heart because how can we, how can the, how can there be a manifestation of the fruits of the spirit of God if the word of God is not being seeded in? And mom and dad, it is a high priority for us to be seeding it into their lives. And this right here should be a supplement of it. It shouldn't be, well, we'll get you seated on Sundays and Wednesdays. Listen, it needs to be every day. Quickly here. 
Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. He's beautifully set apart. Let's worship him in like manner, not tainted by the world's ways, but in spirit and truth. It says tremble before him all the earth. The Bible speaks of the world actually trembling. Isaiah 24, 19, it's about the end of the age, and it says the earth is violently broken. The earth is split open. The earth is shaking exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and it shall totter like a hut. That's going on around us today, and it's just going to get more and more and more. The earth literally is trembling. James 2, 19 says, you believe there's one God, you do well. The demons believe and they tremble. And we should be a people who tremble as well. We should know that our next breath might be our last. We should remember that we're going to give an account for our lives here on earth. Listen, as we talked about salvation available to all where God's not partial, you know where else he's not partial? In judgment. 1 Peter 1.17, if you call on the Father who without partiality judges to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. We need to know that. God's not going to be partial to me. God's not going to be partial to you. Yes, in Christ we're saved, but there is still an accountability of our life. And that should cause us to tremble in a sense of recognizing this is all real. Verse 10, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established, it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously again. A proclamation that the Lord reigns. He's conquered sin, death, Satan, and hell. He reigns on high. We need to proclaim that message. He's established things and nothing could be moved that he doesn't allow to be moved. He's in full control. And again, he's going to judge the peoples righteously. No one's getting a pass. Hear that today. Because there's a lot of nonsense today putting forth ideas that certain people and people groups and areas, well, they're going to get a pass. We're all going to be judged righteously. And we need to be under the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 11 and 12, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that's in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. Now listen, nature does rejoice. In our back patio, there's three birds' nests now. There was one last year, and now there's two more condominiums that have been built. (laughs) And it's kind of one of those things you love and dislike at the same time because their bathroom facility is in those nests as well. But we've seen these birds build these nests and... We've seen them lay eggs, and now we go out there in the morning, and we hear the birds chirping. And I don't care what anyone says. I know those birds chirp. They're giving glory to God. One of them got kicked out of the nest yesterday when we were out there. It was amazing. And it began to fly around, and it began to fly faster than the mother anticipated. As our dog saw it, it began to chase it down, and my wife yelled, No! As far as we know, he survived. But listen, the wind blows through to the glory of God. The trees sway to the glory of God. The sea roars to the glory of God. And the time is coming when it will 
rejoice all the more. We read about this in Roman 8 that creation has been subjected to a bondage because of the fall of man. But the time is coming when the Lord is going to come back. And this bondage is going to be released. And we're going to see praise from creation unlike anything we've ever seen. Again, we looked at it recently in Revelation 5. When they found the one worthy to open the scroll, the Lord Jesus. And it speaks of massive worship in heaven and massive worship from nature here on earth. I don't want to leave it to the rocks to praise God. Finally, verse 13. For he is coming. Do you realize it this morning? He is coming. He's like, I've heard that my whole life. He's coming. Well, I can be bitter because I read the Left Behind series and I figured he's coming in a year when I finished that last, you know, uh, novel 89, whatever it was. And he hasn't come, so I don't think he is coming. He's coming. He's coming. Well, I got saved in the Jesus People Movement. It was all about the coming of the Lord. And we went to watch, uh, you know what, A Thief in the Night. And I read The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. And he hasn't come. So I'm bitter now and he ain't coming. There's a lot of people with that attitude. You better get that corrected because he is coming. He said he's coming. And he is coming. And he said he's coming quickly. And he said he's not slack to some count slackness. Because to him, a day is is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. But he also said, when you see these things unfolding, look up and know your redemption draws nigh. And those things he talked about are unfolding. He's coming, and first of all, he's coming for us. John 14, 2, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's a glorious thing. I'm looking, listen. I give praise to God because one song that I see brewing in my heart more and more and more and more, you know what it is? It's Maranatha, come soon, Lord Jesus. Come soon, Lord Jesus. And it's not so much about I want to get out of here, though I welcome that. But I'm yearning. I want to see people get saved. And I know everyone has that opportunity. But I am so looking forward to the day where Christ comes back and sets all this nonsense in order. And these wicked men in high places making decrees to their praise and to the praise of Satan are going to be put in check. What a glorious day that's going to be. Because he is coming for us and he's coming as well. Notice here to judge the earth. James 5, 9, behold, the judge is standing at the door. And when he comes, he's going to judge with righteousness all the peoples, not part of them, all the peoples with his truth. Are you in his truth today? Because the truth is, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. Let's stand up and pray. Let's close in lifting our voices to the Lord. We'll also pray for God to bless the food over there and pray that will be a blessed and glorious time. We bless you, God. We praise you, God. I thank you that you're worthy of praise, God. I think you're worthy, God, of, Lord, us lifting our voices to you. Let us be found of people abounding and greatly praising the Lord. Abounding, God, of the call.
to proclaim your good news to the world around us and abounding in the understanding that you are coming soon, Lord. We're told that, God, not just to know that, but we're told that that it would affect our lives today. Listen, you've heard the gospel message today. You've heard bad news, but praise God, you've heard the good news. If you don't know him, you need to call on him. What that is, is an acknowledgement that you're not Lord, that you're a sinner. It's asking Jesus to be your Lord, not for a two-minute prayer to go back to being your own Lord, but to say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. You rose from the grave. I want you to be the Lord of my life all of my days. Save me, God. I want to be a disciple of Christ. And listen, he'll meet you where you're at. Call on him now. Tell somebody if that's you today. We bless you, we praise you. Let's lift our voices to the Lord.
death could not hold him, the grave could not keep him, rising again, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far Amen. Well, listen, there's food that's been prayed for. You guys can go down the ramp and around and, you know what, sit out here. We got tables in front of the modular. There's some tables in the patio and on the playground out there. And listen, just encourage you to enjoy, to fellowship. And uh, God bless you mightily in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's blessed to see you today, and I pray he greatly shines his face on you. God bless you.